0: Welcome to Motherhood Exposed. Join me, Zoe Cresswell, mum of two and a UK-trained midwife and doula as I meet with an array of amazing women navigating life and motherhood. Since becoming a mum for the second time, after my own complex journey, I've become more and more aware that motherhood is so unique. There's no one story the same and women need support now more than ever. I hope by allowing mothers to openly speak out, we can help to break the silence around many topics. We need to shout out that there is no normal, and that is something we need to embrace. Motherhood isn't always picture perfect, so let's bust some myths, realign expectations, and share the journey together. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Motherhood Exposed. Today, I speak to Julie. I met Julie about four years ago through her gorgeous bike shop, The Movement, which she runs with her husband, Ruman, here in Dubai. Julie talks to me about her beautiful twin boys, Elias and Zach, who were born early and dramatically at 23 weeks in 2014. Tragically, Elias died shortly after birth and later Zach aged five and a half months. Stay tuned to hear their story.
1: Good morning, Julie. How are you? Good morning. I'm very well. Thank you. How are you? we yeah, fine. We've just actually had to stop ourselves from chatting because we, we can't shut up, so... <laughs> So it's probably time to press record and get on with the actual podcast instead of talking, talking 10 to a dozen, which is what we were doing. So, Julie, um, I always start the podcast with how you met your partner. So you're married to the lovely woman. So I can't wait to hear this story, actually, because I don't know it at all.
2: Yes, it's very simple and very, I think. Very beautiful story because it is so you know ordinary. (laughs) I think it's just uh, um, so. I met Rumen. We met through a mutual friend. We were actually um, quite active people, both of us, and we were um, going to see the same chiropractor. um, And uh, one evening, we have our friend who invited us to his birthday as a beautiful evening, just a small group of friends. And initially. I was very tired. I was working in Abu Dhabi at that time. So commuting every day from Dubai to Abu Dhabi and then just decided to, you know what, I think it's going to be a fun evening. Let me just go. And a good thing that I followed uh, my intuition and, uh, it was just, uh, just remarkable and really nice, uh, gathering. And, uh, I've been, I've been with with Rumen since, since that day. And a really interesting story as well is that basically I was working for Yas Island at that time, and we were looking for talent, uh, for, um, F1. And basically I was put in touch with several people again, um, that, that were in the music kind of industry. And, um, oddly enough that night when we went out for the birthday celebration, he says, I think I know you. And I said, really? He says, yeah, you've, you've been in touch with me for, um, for basically looking for talent for Yas Island. And we just started con- our conversation from there. And there you go. This is the beginning of our story. And he's just remarkable. He's a very, uh, very, um, you know, good person and has strong family values and we're from, you know, different parts of the world. He's, uh, you know, British, uh, with a, a cultural background of Pakistan, from a Pakistani family. So it's really uh, a very eclectic, uh, kind of, uh, multicultural, uh, meeting. And, you know, since, since that day, we're, you know, we fell in love and we're, uh, we've been together for nine years now.
1: Oh, that's so lovely. So you met in 2012? 2012, mm-hmm. correct. Same as me and James. There you go. Well, James. Really? James. <laughs> there so, you go. When did you get married?
2: So we got married uh, in 2013 and beautiful small ceremony back in Canada because at that time uh, basically our lives were pretty hectic, pretty busy and uh, we wanted a small celebration and the plan was to have a bigger celebration at one point in the UK uh, but we're small, just a really small beautiful ceremony, very intimate, like probably 50 of our friends and family, and it was just so so lovely—a beautiful sunny day—and uh, uh, yeah, we got married in uh, in that year. So about a year and, and a half after we met,
1: oh, you know, we also got married in two thousand thirteen with a small ceremony of about fifty people. <laughs> okay,
2: <laughs> yeah, we have a lot of so There we go.
1: <laughs> I was asking about when you got married, obviously, because we're going to talk about children and and because we live in the UAE. Yeah, or we have to be married before um, before having. So that's why, just for other other listeners, why that question came in there. So um, can you tell me about your pregnancy in two thousand and fourteen?
2: So basically, uh, what, what, uh, we were planning on doing is we needed a bit of time and we wanted to go on a holiday. So basically, um, during that year, we, we went on our beautiful honeymoon in Bali and, uh, basically we just, we just had the most amazing, amazing holiday. Uh, We're very earthy people. We really love uh, nature, uh, especially me from Canada. I'm a tree hugger. And uh, we decided to go to Bali because we basically wanted, you know, just to be close to nature. And having um, a husband that's really strongly connected, like I am to nature, we said, Bali's perfect for us. Let's just go and, have uh you know some some beautiful time and in most of our trip we were in Ubud. Um, so basically very spiritual very um, uh, very organic uh, healthy kind of type of, of honeymoon which was brilliant like it was just beautiful and when we came back I was basically telling room and I said oh yeah I feel very tired I feel very <laughs> exhausted and I'm very energetic I'm quite active I'm into a lot of, you know, uh, physical activity. I do a lot of sports. And I said, yeah, I just go for a five minute run. And I'm like, exhausted. And room Ruben said, well, maybe you we're expecting. And I said, no, you know, I don't think so. Like, we just like, we just, you know, got married. And then, but then yes, we, um, after um, a few weeks going, okay, I think we need to go consult. I went to see my obstetrician. And uh, during that, um, that appointment he says yeah you're pregnant and uh congratulations it's beautiful so we were embracing that it was absolutely amazing just um we're, we're so excited our families were excited and yeah. So a few weeks later, I had my scan. And while I was there, our obstetrician says, well, you know, I said, congratulations when you first came. And he says, well, actually, I, I have to say double congratulations. So I was like, well, what do you mean? So we're in the room and we're looking at each other going, uh, what's happening? So he says, um, You're pregnant with twins, actually, twin boys. And uh, it's, you know, it's, I was like in shock. I was so excited, so happy. And, you know, I never would have imagined having that beautiful news because, you know, there's no history of, of twins in my family and not in Ruben's family having investigated after. So it's quite a beautiful, beautiful announcement. And we're just, again, twice um, as happy <laughs> now with uh, that announcement. So, um, beautiful pregnancy up to there, I was still quite active. I was doing what I was doing as, you know, before I felt pregnant We're quite healthy people. So I was just kind of toning it down a little bit at work because again, I was still commuting to um, Abu Dhabi for Yas Island for my work. So I was being very cautious, uh, having someone drive me, but still being quite active and normal in terms of my routine. And at one point around week uh, 19, because it is a high-risk pregnancy, you know, um, uh, identical twins, uh, uh, basically in the shared placenta. And with my age as well, at that point, they said, we'll monitor you a little bit more, uh, you know, um, thoroughly. And uh, at that point, I'd never heard the word high-risk. Uh, I'll tell you a little bit more what happened uh, following that That first, um, that, that scan at 18 weeks is everything's good. Measurements were great. And basically, um, I, I was continuing being, you know, um, and embracing and enjoying my pregnancy. And at week 21, um, I was really, really struggling within 48 hours. Actually, I went to, everything was fine. Everything was, was perfect to, um, Really having excruciating pains in my back, and really barely being able to walk. My uh, body was swelling. I could see that my also my my um, my tummy was really almost double the size from from week like eighteen to week twenty one. So I said to my husband, we were about to travel. We we had a uh, 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 a trip planned, uh, over that, those, that same week. So I said, let me go, just go see. Uh, and he was traveling that day. So he says, okay, go see. And then it's better that you're, you know, we're, we're safe and, and, and let's go see. So I go to see my OB and at first he was asking me a lot of questions about my pains and what was happening. And I was almost fainting in his, in his office. I said, I, I, maybe it's fatigue, maybe I'm too active. I was still kind of light running at that point, swimming a lot. And I uh, said, let me do a scan. Uh, we'll, we'll see what's happening. But he says, so it's probably just your body adjusting. But I said, like, I'm really, I'm, I'm about to faint. Like, I, I'm really not feeling well. I'm dizzy and I eat well. And I was just, he says, "We'll." we'll So he, um, started the scan and basically, um, started being nervous, which is not his demeanor. Like usually he's very, you know, positive, very high energy, always smiling and, you know, you're great. It's great. Such great news. And then I could see in his face that there was something happening. So he says, um. Uh, Julie, I'm not, I'm not really, um, loving what I'm seeing. He says, I don't want to pronounce myself, but I will uh, send you to a specialist, a fetal a specialist. You have to go today. Um, I, there's something that I'm not comfortable with. And he says, please go consult. I'll make an appointment now. So I said, okay. Um, you know, again, remaining positive, my positive set itself. And he just saying, okay, there's you know, such, Amazing doctors here, they'll 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 identify what it is. So I went to the specialist immediately after the first like few seconds of the scan, he says, Okay, um, I really have bad news. And I was like, Okay, I'm alone. I'm in my husband's traveling right now. I can't get a hold of him. What do I do? Like I, I was kind of trying to remain strong and saying, Okay, let's be you know positive and look at he's gonna have solutions, he's gonna tell me what to do. So he says. Um, you have twin to twin transfusion syndrome, well, your twins have. So, this is a disease of the placenta and it affects um, pregnancies basically where um, it's uh multiple when the blood passes kind of in a disproportionately uh, way in a shared placenta. So, I was like trying to uh, basically, he um, was throwing words at me where I was like, no, I was, it's all blurry still to this day where I was like, I don't even understand what he's saying. Um, there's one baby, there is the recipient twin. And then you have uh, the other baby who's, um, and then he was saying words like cardiovascular system and, uh, someone can, one of the twins can die of anemia. And I was like, no, I was like really completely depleted. And I was like panicking. I was, I was like, okay, this is a lot, not at all as I was expecting. So he says, so I was asking, trying to ask question, what does it cause? Is it something that I've done? Um, he says, no, it's caused really um TTTS is really attributed to kind of an imbalance in terms of your blood flow. I said, Well, well, is it caused by me? He says, No, the research is it's it's it's, it's again, it's um not extremely advanced, but we know that it's nothing that you know the mother has done, or it's it's really genetic. It's really, uh, so it's like, okay, so what's happening? So he explained basically that that's the reason of me not being physically well, it's because of, um, Excess. My body was producing excess amniotic fluid because basically the twins. One was growing really fast, so basically he needed more amniotic fluid to be able to you know swim comfortably. And then the um, transfuse. Uh, this transfuser basically was giving all of his blood flow, so he was struggling not having space. So basically, my my body was trying to create more amniotic fluid to kind of support uh, fetal growth. So it's basically, that's why my body was, I was looking like I was 34 weeks pregnant at 23 weeks within two, three days. What happened as well is basically they said that I had what they call a reverse syndrome even more as it was affecting my body. Now it was affecting, um, and there's a risk uh, of Lungs being affected, uh, liver being affected, and also even heart failure So, for the mom. Um, So he says there's one solution. There's no um, specialist here um, that can actually do what we call a laser surgery. There's no one that can do it in Dubai. So we need to look at where else in the world. I was extremely lucky because I was planning on giving birth in Canada and I had already um, a high pregnancy uh, risk, uh, high risk pregnancy uh, OB that I was supposed to meet like a few weeks later, going to Canada and planning my uh, birth at a beautiful hospital called St. Justine Hospital in Montreal, where I'm from. And I already had been in touch with them, and I reached out to him saying, "Okay, this is the situation. Um, do you know anyone?" He says, "Well, I'm one of the ten specialists in Canada that can actually do the procedure." So I was like, "Okay, I feel comforted. It's actually the doctor who's supposed to give um, birth to the twins." So I said, "We started planning and everything," and, he, and I told this fetal specialist, "When do I need to leave?" He says, "Tomorrow." I said, "Really?" So within 24 hours, I had to reach my husband who's traveling in the UK, had to come back, uh, emergency kind of uh, leave. And we had to travel. I was struggling finding a flight. So I said, okay, is it okay if I do 48 hours? He says, yes, but every minute counts. I said, okay. So that's when it really clicked where I said, okay, um, this procedure is what can save the twins. He says, what can save the twins and what can save you? So that's where I was like, okay, this is a lot, but let's remain positive. Let's get connected to your spiritual side and, you know, kind of reach out to people around you to kind of help you through this. So I was, you know, planning on going back home. So it was giving me a lot of comfort and basically booked a flight. One of our really close friends booked us on a business class flight with his tickets. Etihad. uh, So we traveled to Abu Dhabi. Flew out. I had the paperwork that authorized me to fly out, even at twenty-one weeks. But just to say, okay, uh, she's at high risk. Just make sure she's comfortable. What I happened next, I didn't anticipate. So midway through the flight, I was losing consciousness. I was starting, yeah. So. I was not well, I was really struggling. And in the middle of the flight, they're like, okay, this is not good. So there was a doctor on the flight, came to monitor me. And I was like, I'm really well. Like I'm trying to, you know, yes, let's concentrate, let's be calm, do meditation, stretching. But basically it was really not good. They were actually planning on maybe landing. At that time, we were over fronts and they said we might need to, land emergency landing in, in, in Paris. And I was, no, 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 I don't want to be in Paris. I, I have a surgery that I need to, um, have and it, no, no, no. Like just, I, I was t- taking Tylenol to try to help, but it was just so excruciating. I, like, I, I was feeling a pain of 11 on 10, compression and I had compression socks my husband was massaging me we were trying and at one point it stabilized but you I was looking at you know that map where the flight and then you see the journey of the and it wasn't moving you know in my head I was like okay four hours 20 minutes left four hours 16 minutes left you know I was like this is not I'm not well you know and I was trying to get through it so fortunately enough, I was able to reach. We had a connecting flight in Toronto to Montreal, but I, as I w- we were landing in Toronto, they said, "You're you're not going to Montreal. We're bringing you out. There's an ambulance waiting for you, and you're going straight to um, a local hospital. We need to stabilize you because there's something happening. You know, it's not normal." Like I was, was I lost probably consciousness three times during the flight. Wow. Um, Women must have been terrified as well. It was tough. I think it was a lot tougher on my husband for me because I was just hoping that this would be okay. You know, I'm trying to be as positive as I can and saying, oh, it's just, it's just exhaustion. It's just stress. It's just, but no, it was my body shutting down, which I've learned after. So landed, rolled me out on the, on a wheelchair, like asking me all these questions at immigration. I'm like, <laughs> I might die. Like guys, just track me down to the airport, uh, to the hospital. I'll be okay. And I still remember every bump and the roads are really bad. (laughs) Every bump I was feeling, it was like someone was putting a knife in my back. It was so intense, but again, remaining positive, saying I'm almost at the hospital. They're going to take care of me. It's good. I go to this local hospital they start asking me questions on, um, insurance. And I was like, just try to save me now, you know, because I was, we had insurance in, 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 in the UAE, but we weren't covered in Canada. We were like, okay, just, just do whatever it's going to cost. Just whatever. We'll, we'll. And I was trying to deal with it. My husband was crying. He didn't understand. And it's, you know, not his country. And he was like trying to help as best as he can, but they said, we'll stabilize you, but we, you have to go with this laser tr- surgery, we have to remove also amniotic fluid because this is just too much. It's really affecting now. Like my respiration was you know, down. My um, level of oxygen was at like 74. Like they were seeing that it's really affecting me. So they said, we're stabilizing you, but you're going to Mount Sinai in Toronto. So transferred me, the doctor came in, says uh, we'll do the emergency procedure. And then um, we went out, did it stabilized they came back after the the surgery they said julie it's actually it, it went well it, you know you stabilized we've removed 4.5 liters of amniotic fluid so imagine you strap yourself four liters of bottled water and remove that and they said it's good it's stabilizing the twins are okay um it's good. So we're going to keep here, you here for a few days, stabilize you and then transfer you to St. Justine in Montreal. Everything went well, everything was stable, got transferred to St. Justine, even at St. Justine, they released me. They said you can go at home now bed rest and uh, you're good. So then at week I, I, that within week 21, I was now at week 23 I I was at my parents' house um, with also expecting my friend to come and pick me up that day. We were supposed to spend time, my best friend. So I go to my best friend's house during that day. And she says, why don't you stay here for the night? You know, at least we don't need to rush you back to who I wasn't driving, right? So um, we don't need to rush you. So during the night, again, I was not feeling well, really dizzy. And I go wake her up. And, you know, like I said... I'm not feeling well. And at that point, my husband needed to fly back to um, Dubai. He needed, he was transferring, Ruman was transferring jobs and he needed to come do the paperwork. And because I was stable, he says, you know, I'll go back to Dubai and just settle everything and then come back. Yeah. And then during that night, I'm not feeling well. So Ruman's in, in, in Dubai. I'm not feeling well. I said, bring me to the hospital. Um, I'm not feeling well at all. And I was lucky her husband, um, is uh, uh ambulance uh <laughs> okay, and i was like uh, andrew you're driving me so i arrived there and they're like okay um it, it's not good the 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 fluid is again you're struggling it's it's not good so we'll do an assessment we'll keep you in the hospital so i was kept in the hospital uh and then called my husband you know, you have to come, you have to come. It's, it's, it's not good. They're saying that, uh, I'm I'm at, again, I'm at high risk. The twins are at high risk. Uh, we need to kind of, uh, you need to come. So he booked a flight that night. He's coming, uh, to Montreal. They stabilized me. But again, my breathing was, I was struggling. They said, there's something wrong with your liver. We don't understand. Like it's as if you have like, uh, liver disease right now. So it's affecting really your liver. And it was really painful, but I was, I was stable again, trying to do meditation, relax, do yoga, stretching. And then during that night, as Ruman had just landed in Washington, he had to transfer my water broke. As you know, I was just eating. I remember still today, I'm eating a yogurt and I was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And then alert everything. They're like, we're bringing you down. This, we have to have an emergency C section. This is, it's, it's not good. So it was, uh, I remember still, it was um, February 28th, 2014, and week 23. And I was like, week 23, this is impossible. This they're not going to survive. Like, but stay strong, stay strong. Talking to the twins, going, trying to reach my family, trying to reach my dad. They're saying we're coming, we're coming, we're coming. But that night, it was a horrific snowstorm, and I'm like, no, I am not going alone in the like, I'm not going alone to give birth. I'm not. I can't. And. I, my, my parents are coming, my best friends, my brothers, they're all coming, but they're about an hour away from city center. And I'm on the phone. I just like, please. And we're trying to reach Ruman, who's just reached the hotel and I'm trying to reach him. I can't get through to him. I talk, I called the security. I said, please, Knock on the door. He's probably sleeping. He's just landed, and it's like I need to talk to him. I really need to talk to him. So, room open up the door, and the security guard going, "Your your wife. She needs to talk to you." And all the way down to um, the uh, delivery room, I'm saying, "I said it's. Uh, I'm, I'm alone. I, I I don't know what to do. I'm stressed. I'm you're not here. And imagine for him also the the the." stress and 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 the guilt and you know just saying be strong be strong be strong and I said I have to go I have to hang up so hung up and I still remember um they gave me um you know uh aesthetic and they were saying okay C section we have to do it now Julie it's like it's happening so I remember looking at the nurse going can you, I don't have a sister, but can you pretend, you know, can you pretend you're my sister? Can you pretend? And I'm talking to the doctor saying, okay, just pretend you're like a family member. And then, and I remember after I spoke to them, I'll tell you the story after they said, maybe this is the most powerful thing we've had to go through. We've never had anyone do this to us. And anyway, I was like, yeah, hi, I'm your sister. <laughs> don't really remember anything of this, but uh, a C-section is happening. I had a team of probably, a team of about 12 people in the room so the nurses two doctors neonatal uh, do- uh, pediatricians uh, people it's okay Julie it's good and I, I'm here and there and it's good uh, Elias is here and a few seconds later Zach was born as well and they said your, your twins are okay let us examine them and I'm there just saying they're 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 there they're alive there's this yes everything's And then, you know, we need to stabilize you as well. Uh, We have to bring you the boys in in NICU because basically we need to take care of them. And, you know, they'll go back home, I'm alone still. This all happened within 20 minutes from the moment I lost my water to delivering. So it's just manic. And still waiting alone, family not reaching, calling me going, are you okay? I said, they're born, they're here. I don't know. I don't have any news. And then the doctor came up uh, after probably 15 minutes and he said, we're so sorry, Julie. Um, Elias passed passed away. He's He was the transfuser. Um, so he's a smaller one. He was uh, 450 grams. Uh, he fought hard, but his heart just stopped and his lungs were you know, supporting and, you know, we're so sorry. And, and I was alone, you know, I was like, I'm alone going through this, but I have to be strong. How's Zach? How is he? You know what? Zach's a little fighter. He's he's doing okay. He's doing good. And, you know, can I see him? No, because, you know, we we have to take care of him We need to make sure we're, uh, but the only thing he can't breathe because his lungs are not strong enough. So he, we just put him on um, uh, respiratory aid and he's, you know, family comes in trying to and i'm there you know um, or elias he passed away and you know and we were trying to cope with everything and it happened so fast that we weren't ready for this and no one's ready for this right and then um zach uh was a little fighter he actually and then my my husband was on the way and basically um zach we, we stayed with him in the hospital he fought for for five months. So every day I was very privileged being able to be close to him. Uh, there a beautiful organization called the Ronald McDonald house. And um, when people are from outside the country or from outside the area, uh, basically they give you, um, a place to stay that's connected to the hospitals. It was beautiful. The first few nights where I was in the hospital, I was in this like kind of dorm, which was horrible. I felt I was back in university, just so preoccupied so stressed and you know and and then they said we have a place for you to be close to zach and be able to care for him so while we're doing all that we're planning funeral for alias, you know, because for us culturally and religiously as well, um uh human being a Muslim, uh, and I'll tell you my journey, what helped me heal as well as my journey into Islam as well after all of this happened. But basically we had to process everything. We had to make sure that we're giving Elias the you know the most beautiful, you know, um going away that we could on uh, me being in the hospital, caring for, for Zach. And the most precious thing for me was it was important for me to be able to give him my milk, being able, even if he was fed, I, you know, going through uh, extracting my milk and being able to support him and feed him was the most precious thing that I could do because I said, you know, I felt that I was um, being a mom to him. After two weeks, uh, we discovered that uh, Zach's heart had uh, an issue where it's in French, it's called the clepe. So it's a little part of the heart that needs to kind of naturally close, um, wasn't closing. So they said, we have to bring Zach into surgery. And I'm like, he's, At that point, he's 525 grams. I had to kiss him goodbye to go to this surgery for uh, like an hour surgery they said it's pretty simple procedure but still i'm like this is he's already gone through a lot and then it was executed beautifully uh everything went really well so he we recuperated from that and then we saw a lot of good progress throughout the, the months ahead um I was able to be with him, hold him doing skin on skin uh, with him for almost like eight hours a day, being able to be in his room. Uh, It's such a beautiful hospital. They're so, um, it's so, so, they don't make you feel that you're in a hospital. They make you feel it's almost your home. Uh, And we have the best care possible. And then monitoring him, it was a very slow, um, uh, healing process for him and getting better and getting stronger and every day like oh you know, he he gained 50 grams and you're like so excited excited and so so ecstatic about everything and uh, basically after a few months when he was three and a half months I get a call during the night going there's something wrong something happened we need to see you and this was like 2 a.m so I rushed into his room and there's like six doctors and there's I could see the monitors going crazy and I was like, what happened? So there was a medical error. One of the nurses on duty basically administered um, uh, uh, one of his medical medicine uh, that was supposed to be given oral. They gave it to him intravenous. And they didn't know this was the first time this something like this had happened. And they said, we don't know. We don't know what it's going to cause. We don't know. But we know now that he's not doing well. He's he's, he's struggling. So we need you to be here. We need you to kind of be with him, try to hold him. And he's on all these respirators. And and he was actually getting better. It's getting stronger. And now this hit. And because of this, his immune system got really weak because of this medical error. And... His system got pretty weak over the next days, and he caught uh, a virus that affected his lungs. And already he's, you know, is trying to gain strength in his lungs. You know, that's the main problem of, you know, preemies, right? At the end of the day, it's having very weak lungs, and also being a transfused. He had like a little bit of an enlarged uh, heart and a few enlarged organs, but everything was growing well. So, again, that's three and a half months. Then he started getting better, 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 but it reached a point at five and a half months that the doctors had to meet with us and saying, you know, we have to be transparent with you. Uh, We were hoping for him to, at this stage, you know, plus five, five and a half months to be a lot stronger, his lungs developing better and his lungs are not growing healthy. And, um, we have to make a decision. It's either we keep him like this and we, he's, he's, gonna be, he's not going to have a normal life. He's not going to, you know what? When you look at him, he's perfect, right? He's, when you think of his medical condition, you have to understand that it's, he's not going to have a good life. And me and Ruben, we had to decide at that point, well, um, we need to remove him from respiratory support and that's the toughest thing as a parent, you know, hoping and having all these beautiful dreams and seeing him almost at home and saying, you know, we had twins, but unfortunately we lost Elias, but we had Zach and, you know, he's doing better. He's, and then what happened at one point, you have to say, why us, right? And we had, they came to us, they said, what, what would you like? You know, you can ask us for everything. And I said, the one wish that I have is that he's been fighting for five and a half months, right? He's not been able to go outdoors. He's not, and he's not being able to see sunlight, you know, he's he's, the window and he's been in his bed and I've been caring for him. But the only thing that I would love is if you're able to organize that we're able to bring him outside. He's able to breathe like us, you know, So miraculously, they're like, oh my gosh, (laughs) we've never had a request like this for any of the sick children. You know, there's a woman who said, I've been working here 28 years. This is the most powerful thing, the most beautiful thing I've heard. And they said, we'll organize it. So we embraced it. We said, okay, let's make this beautiful. Let's not be too emotional about it. Let's just bring this beautiful gift. And we were going through the hospital with him on respirators as if he was trans you know transported to another hospital they made the most beautiful um uh, beautiful journey He was still on a respirator of course and then we bring bring him on the rooftop of the hospital and we're able to you know for me it was holding him and seeing the sun hit him and you know almost thinking this isn't is my child this is my baby and but, you know, being at St. Justin really helped me in my journey because you see other families, you see other families going through loss and through grief and children fighting for, you know, like three-year-olds, two-year-olds that we've met that are fighting for, can- you know, cancer and brain tumors. And, you know, you're like, okay, it's, you have to accept and say, this is, this is your journey and this is, this is life. And, you know, this is what god intended for us and believe in something beautiful that's going to come after this and but it is it is very difficult and you know he we were were with him that night and we're able to say our goodbyes and hug him and say we'll see you one day and go see you know your grandparents (laughs) and try to you know bring it to being as peaceful as we could for him and me in a room and leaving the hospital holding hands, going, How are we going to be able to survive this, right? And saying we'll need each other. <laughs> yeah.
1: It's been, so is um one of the first things I said to you um when you came on the call was um I love the painting behind you. Your wall is painted um like a like a sunrise or a sunset. And do you think subconsciously that's that's some sort of link to um, to, to Zach?
2: I think so. I think to both of them, I think it's really, uh, and also connecting them with our life here and now their sister. And we'll talk about Aya in a few minutes, but um, for us, it's really, it's, uh, I think, absolutely. We're people full of sunshine. That's how always say we're family full of sunshine and this really reflects it. And it's our connection to, you know, our rays of sun, sunshine going up there to them and talking to them and being connected to them as, spiritually as we can. Right. But it's, we've not been able to heal. I think without our families, our friends, Ruman, Ruman's my rock. He's just been so present. So, so generous and so patient (laughs) with me. And, uh, yes, I think for me, it's, it's, um, going back to also having therapy. Like I remember the therapist at day one, he's like, you can go either both ways. You can go dark side and remain on the dark side or go on, you know? And he says, I have met you, you know, I was able to have that beautiful support while I was in the hospital. And, um, she says, I've, I've not met a lot of women like you coming every day with a smile and trying to transfer that beautiful energy to your, your child. I'm not seeing that a lot. And I said, well, I think I've been raised like that. And I'm, that's how I am. And this I am. But she says, yes, but you need to make sure that you're remaining like that after this very terrible tragedy that you've gone through. And I think I I've, I've remember what she said and I think I'm every day sometimes I'm like okay no you know there's darker moments there's sadder moments where where I think about you know having seven-year-old twins running around here right boys and um you just have to remain strong and and really allow yourself to physically spiritually mentally really reconnect Uh, you know traumatic events and incidents are Cause of you know lots of stress and you know for ability to people to cope and what really supported me is Rumen, uh, my husband, when I was coming back, he says you can't go back to full time corporate job. Like as much as I adored what I was doing, he says we need to find something where you're able to kind of slowly get back into you know the real world and reality and kind of give yourself some time to um, get your strength back, you know, and I say, no, no, I'm fine. I'm good. You know, I'm running. I'm like, he says, no, no, (laughs) you can't, you can't go back. So that's when uh, we started the movement, our bicycle shop. And it's really interesting because now it has an even more powerful meaning to us, right. Calling it the movement because we needed to both, continue moving and continue believing in something better and, and bigger. And, you know, we're so passionate about sports. And uh, so what are we going to be doing? And we had our beautiful bikes here that we had bought and we had so many people ask us, you know, what are these bikes and what are you know, Roman had gifted me the bike for my birthday and I gifted him his bike for his birthday. So it's really interesting. And We're like, actually, we don't have these types of bikes in Dubai. You know, I had my sport bike, like you have your triathlon bike. I had my triathlon bike and I was going to the grocery store with that bike and we were going, (laughs) and I was like, I don't want to take the car. I want to be outdoors. I want to be connected and I want to use my car for everything. I want to be sustainable and reduce my carbon footprint. he's like, no, 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 this is not working out. And then surprised me to my Linus bike. And then we're zipping around and he's like, maybe we're onto something, you know, like people are asking for the, us for these bikes. Let's, let's bring some in and let's start something so you can concentrate on that, do the marketing and the comms, that's your passion and try to... And then we started the movement eight years ago. We're on our eighth season and thank you for being one of our clients too. Yeah. <laughs> so we... um myself a client,
1: more of a, a big fan, <laughs> shall we say. No, because I think for us, the movement was really special because um it was um Bertie's first bike um and I, I showed you didn't know we had wallpaper made with with the bike on it when he got his big his house and um and that bike went through so much for him like he he oh gosh how long did he have it for three years I think um and he literally rode it every single day for three years like constantly uh, he learned he could, he could like do triathlon transitions better on that bike than I've ever been able to do things <laughs> at, at like four years old and things. And actually now the bike has gone on, um, we gifted it to a family in need. So it's gone on to a, a younger boy. So, and it was really lovely because, um, you know, I told Bertie about this boy and he took the bike and he took it around into our back garden and he showered it and he scrubbed it all up and made it is, cause it, it was a very well-used bike. Um, um, but he, it's now getting a second life with the, with another family. And then obviously, James oh, and I um, both have your bikes as well. And um, like again, I use my bike every single day and Sybil's now on the back of it. And I'm waiting for her to get off it so I can put my shopping baskets back on it <laughs> to, and not ruin my basket, which is what I've done so far. <laughs> but yes, we are, we are huge fans.
2: But that's beautiful because for us, it's that we brought these bikes in really for our families to just go around for short journeys, just really encouraging people to think of an alternative to always use the car and being as sustainable, you know, as possible in this country, right? So it's it's amazing. It's been really good for us and it really enabled me to kind of transition from corporate world, transitioning, getting back into real life. And rather than putting my life on pause, it's really kind of helped me to kind of transition back slowly. And now, of course, I'm back working, you know, after probably two years after that, I started working, but we're still really involved and very passionate about the movement and started another company as well that we're really uh, excited about. But it's really, keeping on moving, right. It's really making sure that you're able to heal, embrace what's coming ahead. And for us, you know, two years later, uh, we started trying again for children. I was very, very, um, kind of worried about going back through that journey, but then saying, no, I need to just see what life is going to bring me and not thinking about, oh, why if I get twins again and why, you know, if I don't have a, a, a healthy pregnancy and what, you know, because it was so it affected my body a lot. You know, I don't talk about it much because my priority was really the twins. But, you know, really, I had to go back through a lot of uh rehabilitation for my breathing for uh, really uh, you know everything that happened that the, the c-section was so intense like within 20 minutes the twin were twins were born right so because it was emergency c-section but I was like okay embrace your body rehabilitate it you know focus on your your mental well-being and let's see what happens and then we're planning on going through fertility treatments just to kind of start the process and see how we can get, you know, we started, we did two um, meetings with the, a beautiful consultant and he says, well, to start with, you're not falling pregnant because you have um, two fibroids, uh, which is kind of blocking access. So let's start with that. So my obstetrician said super easy You go into a simple procedure. We'll remove that. Give yourself three months and then we'll talk again. And then, At the mark of three months, me and Rumin said, oh, let's go on a trip. Let's just go relax. We need some time off. Went to France, south of France, lavender fields, and then came back. And then Aya came naturally. So we're really blessed. We have a little four-year-old. She's a little bubble gum. She's just such a beautiful soul we talked to her about the boys. We tell her you have twin boys because she saw pictures like sometimes by accident. And then we had to kind of explain to her, these were, you know, your brothers. And especially with, with Zach, we had tons of pictures over yeah. five and a half months away. So, uh, and she, you know, she talks to them, she knows these, you know, uh, up there and, you know, sometimes, Oh, I miss my brothers. It's very cute. Oh, <laughs> but, you know, we're, we're, we're really, we're we're just so blessed and so grateful and she's she's healthy and she's um the happiest little girl and we're 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 seeing her grow and evolve and it's just the blessing. That's amazing.
1: Um you were gonna just expect you you touched on you were gonna talk about um uh, practicing Islam.
2: Yes, because I think for me through my journey and women uh, being being a Muslim, he we we started the conversation even prior to having the boys. Like in terms of Islam, me learning, reading a lot, and you know, kind of understanding a little bit my faith and my spirituality, and kind of uh, looking into a kind of deeper connection with uh, with God, like in general, regardless of your your religion, right? And for me being at the hospital, being present, understanding that life is so precious, like seeing so many families going through what I've gone through. I was reading a lot about Islam. And, uh, when I moved back, I, um, asked my mother-in-law if she can accompany me in this journey and kind of help me out and uh, bless her. She's just, she was just a beautiful woman. We, we lost her to breast cancer several years back, but she's just, she was the most, Generous soul, and she helped me th- uh, through this a lot, like kind of sending me a lot of information and you know explaining things that as a woman you find very differently, woman to woman. My husband's been amazing as well, very good with uh, with kind of explaining certain things. But my own journey brought me to decide, uh, basically, uh, you know, I, I need to get closer to uh, spirituality and understanding. Life a little bit differently through through religion, and uh, did my shahada in 2014 and the 2014, and uh, really kind of embracing this journey, and it's been remarkable. And regardless for me, my message is not it's any religion or any spiritual side of things. It's kind of understanding and believing something uh, holy and 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 better and and guiding you into um, having a strong. Uh, strong connection to, you know, to, to your spirituality really, really was so beneficial for me. And I I think it helped me a lot in my journey and healing and understanding things. And, you know, at the end of the day, um, we have, we'll all have our journeys and, you know, uh, you know, for me, it's understanding that this was, this was ours. This was mine. So, yeah.
1: Amazing. Thank you really thank you so much for sharing um your story and talking to us about the boys um, and aya um at the end of the podcast i'd like to ask um my guests the same question which is um if you could have coffee with any other woman and i've dead famous um fictional who would it be
2: and why that was that was really interesting because i like i really was like i probably wanted to have Coffee with twenty five women, <laughs> but I, at one point I was like, you know what? I I went with Angelina Jolie. <laughs> wow. Why? Because, yeah, because I, I think for me it's her tireless advocacy, basically for kind of humanitarian issues, uh, you know, from refugee rights to really child immigration. Uh, and on behalf now of, you know, victims of rape, mostly women, and she's a very powerful woman in terms of kind of, uh, women's rights. And also she created, um, uh, call a uh, sexual violence initiative, uh, where it's influencing, actually influencing policies of the UN security council. So it's kind of very powerful for me. And she's a good, she's a good, uh, Good ambassador, she's a good mom. <laughs> for so many children, you know, and you could see she's for me, she's a good role model. Why her? It's because of her global, you know, presence. And a lot of women can have access to what she's achieving as a women leader. And I think it's it's really that. Yeah. And <laughs> I saw I was
1: watching something the other night. She's got a, she's coming out in a new film. Oh, yeah. Ever, Ever something. I think is a mom, yeah. but I really don't know because I'm not a mom yeah. <laughs> um, lastings or something. Oh, someone will correct me. Um, and so, <laughs> Since becoming a mom, is there anything that you've noticed yourself saying that your mom or your dad used to say to you?
2: It's really interesting because for me, I, I, I was raised by my father and uh, mostly my godmother, who's had the strongest impact for me. I think today she's she, she was very present in my upbringing, a lot more than my maternal mother, and um, she always used to tell me, "I adore you," and um, which has always found so uplifting and powerful since I was young. It, rather than saying, "Yo, I love you," you know, "I adore you," and I fi- felt that, you know, I'm seeing myself now just saying it to Aya, and I see her little face light up and it's just so beautiful. Like I was like, oh, I love you. It's fair. you know, something, and I adore you. I feel it has a lot more impact and it's just, it's just such a beautiful thing to say.
1: <laughs> oh, I love that. And um, considering everything you've been through in your experience and your journey, um, is there one thing that you could, or is or what is one thing of many things that you could share um, um, which you think may help others?
2: That's a really good question as well, because I was reflecting back in terms of where I was like in such a dark place at one point to where I'm at now. And of course, there's still some moments where I'm like, Oh, when I see twins, you know, twin girls or twin boys, that's where it really hits me. Right. I was like, Oh, you know, and even like, even if, you know, there was even Zach, I would have always thought of Elias, you know, so um, for me, it's self-care to really keep a good life balance physically emotionally and spiritually i you was know, saying as well i made it meditate a lot i practice yoga I pres- I still practice a lot of physical activity and you're a good inspiration. Whenever I see your, your, um, Instagram uh, stories, I'm like, I have to go running today or I have to go swimming today. Uh, but it was part of my youth. Uh, I was always brought, uh, connected to sports and I've studied in, uh, sports, sports management, uh, leisure, the effects of basically, uh, how physical activity releases, you know, good brain chemicals such as endorphins, which helps you relieve like a lot of discomforts and boosts your mood. And this is research, right? It's not just, Oh, something that, you know, we're trying to promote like, uh, individually. Um, although grief is not the same as depression, it does, uh, and complicated grief. I do feel that, um, it triggers a really strong doing physical activity really triggers some emotional and Physical reactions that are really positive. It's really exercises, a good positive tool for me. Um, and also, really gives gave me a lot of control back, really focusing on me, focusing on myself. And it's not excluding my husband, Ruman. I'm always very connected to him, but also sometimes we do, uh, like, even for now, the 30 by 30. We're doing it together, right? So it's really good uh, for us to kind of connect. But for me, it's really what enabled the kind of... So that's my kind of advice for other uh, moms or parents going through something similar. And it's not running... I know competing in an Ironman, it's really, sometimes it just starts with walking, going for a walk, going for a leisurely bike ride, uh, just, uh, practicing really small physical activity, uh, activities really is such a positive positive. and hug trees. <laughs> 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 hug a tree. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's amazing, Julie. Thank you so, so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for this opportunity. If anybody wanted to get in touch with you, would that be possible? And if so, how
2: how could they do that? So they can uh, email me at um, julie at coethical.com. That's my email. Um, They can WhatsApp me as well. Uh, I don't know if you can (laughs) WhatsApp. Let's start the email. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Um, And
1: Coethical is your your new company, yes?
2: Correct, yeah.
1: One of your many things that you're uh, juggling and striving and succeeding in. It's very impressive. Um, Julie, thank you again. It's been been amazing talking to you, and thank you again. Thank you. Thank you, Zoe. Really, thank you so much. Brilliant. Have a wonderful rest of the day. It's nice and early in Dubai. We've got the day ahead of us, and um, we'll chat soon.
0: I feel so honoured that Julie felt able to share her story with me today after only recently telling me about her beautiful boys. Julia's such an inspiration, living the most sustainable life she can while thriving at a corporate job, plus two small businesses, and being the most wonderful mum to Aya. Her outlook on life, connection with nature, and spirituality is so admirable, and I'm sure something we could all learn a little from. For more information on some of the topics covered today, please visit the show notes. As always, thank you for listening and please join me again next week for another incredible journey to motherhood. Bye.